Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 804. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA review from the weekend just gone. Lots to get stuck into. Brazil, the destination for the UFC. Nick went to a show in Manchester, which involved pros and amateurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get stuck into all that in a moment or two. Uh, before we do, please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website. Fightdisciples.com is the website. Every audio feed under the sun is there. Go and get stuck into it. And if uh, you'd be so kind as to subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, uh, Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. We are aiming to grow the community on YouTube. It is doing that incredibly slowly. But thank you very much if you've already gone over and become uh, a Fight Disciple on our YouTube channel. Uh, we are in New York this week for UFC 295. We're going to be getting you closer to the, all the action as we build up towards Yuri Prahachka and Alex Pereira in the light heavyweight uh, world title fight. And of course, Tom Aspinall taking on Sergey Pavlovich for the interim heavyweight world championship. Lots to talk about. We're going to get you closer to the action here in New York. There'll be loads of YouTube exclusive videos going up on our YouTube channel, of course, uh, this week from New York. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to it. We're doing the show today in Nick's bedroom. We've just landed in New York. Flew all, flew, uh, all Sunday, landed late Sunday evening. And uh, there's a bit of noise downstairs in the uh, in the hotel bar. So we decided to just come up here and uh, and do the show from get his bedroom. Sn- get snuggly yeah. with Christmas National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase finest moments. Just watched a bit of background. NFL, and now we're watching Christmas movies. That's what, that's, well, we're not. We're doing the show, but it's on in the background there, isn't it? Hey, that's New York, isn't hey, it? Hey, look at that! Look at that there. There's the Rockefeller and the Christmas tree. Can not see that stuff. tomorrow? Go, go and have a bit of a nosy at that tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, so, just in case you're wondering. Uh, as you're watching this on YouTube, whether it looks like I'm visiting in a hospital bed or something like that, because I'm just sat at the side here like I should have brought some grapes. It's not the case at all. It's just, we wanted to give you the highest quality programme. Is what we wanted to do. do Professionals. To- yeah. Uh, Professionals. We'll talk about your trip to uh, Octagon. Yes. At the... Saturday night. Yeah. Really good, really good production. Go on. Really good. The Manchester Arena, Saturday night. Is it called the AO Arena now? It is. It will always be called the MEN. Forever. Uh, The older ones amongst us, the 9X. The 9X, yeah. The uh, Manchester Arena, about five or 6,000 in there, I reckon, at peak times. So was it curtained off? Yeah, the top tier was curtained off, but it was the whole lower tier and the floor, obviously. But the setup was really good. I was honestly, I was massively impressed by the production. No expense spared kind of situation with Octagon. And uh, yeah, they were like 
staff everywhere, security everywhere. Emma ran the production for it, did all like the regulation for them. So like some of the best referees in the country and the best judges in the country were all there. Literally couldn't fault it in any way, shape or form. Only thing was the fights just didn't really catch fire. Catch fire. You know, there was one or two decent moments, but like the main event, Aaron Abbey ended up becoming the main event because because uh, the original main event fell off. Aaron Abbey fighting for the Octagon Flyweight title. He got a cut over his eye. The referee, the doctor ended up stopping the fight after three rounds, I think it was, because his eye was, was so bad. I think it was a knee that landed, so it wasn't like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it was a, a bit of a frustrating end because you were like, the fight was really good fight, and it ended because of a cut over his eye. Um, there was another fight, the... Barnick versus uh, the kid from from um, Leon Edwards' gym. Renegade. Yeah. Alion Wallace. That fight was shaping up really nice for about 10 seconds. And then Wallace threw a flying knee and hit the guy in the nuts. And he hit him so hard in the nuts, both feet came off the ground. Like, he nearly went over the fence from a nut shot. Oh, man. Obviously, the kid hit the floor like a sack of spuds, couldn't even get back to his feet. Um, yeah, and there was just absolutely no way that fight was going ahead. So that fight got called off. You had the the fun fight, if you like, with the kid from Celebrity Love Island, Only Way is Essex or whatever he's from. Jake Quickenden. Jake Quickenden, there you go. I don't Apologies to Jake, I don't know who Jake is. I'm not a, no, he seems a nice lad. Yeah, mate, he was in great shape, I know that. He looked like me when I strip off in front of the mirror. But he took on the comedian from Liverpool, Paul Smith, who's been on Fight Disciples podcast. He sat in your chair one time. Great guy, Paul. And they did it to raise money for charity. Paul donated his entire fee to the Gloves Up, Knives Down charity, which I played a charity football match with earlier this year. He gave his every penny he could, he got from that event went to them. So fantastic. I'm all for that. You know what I mean? It, 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 I know we criticise the misfits and all that. Yeah, man, because KSI and Jake Paul are becoming millionaires off the back of whatever their audience, anyway, they're manipulating boxing. Well, this is different. This is, this is the good. kids come in, they've done, they've both spent 10, I think they said 10 weeks or might have even been 10 months training. Yeah, getting 10 in months. shape. 10 months. Paul's in the shape of his life, you know, the other kid, quickened than kid. I don't know how he usually looks, but he looked fucking fantastic on Saturday night. Anyway, the two of them got in there, as expected, you know, two novices. They're looking to get hold of each other because neither wants to become a meme. As it turned out, Paul was trying to do some grappling. Quickened was trying to do some striking. Quickened got there first. He had the quick hands, hit him on the chin. It was over inside, you know, I think it was a minute, minute and a half, something like that. But it was a bit of fun. And credit to both lads for doing it. You know, amazing atmosphere. I've got, and then the other negative point, of course, was. You know, half of Liverpool were going to see Shem. Mm. Shem Rock was supposed to be fighting. And uh, yeah, everyone's probably seen it on social media. He goes head to head with his opponents at the weigh-ins. Yeah. Rather foolishly, stupidly throws a full body leg kick into his opponent's ribs. Um, and the and the ref and the doctor the next day, Chris Lamb, the morning of the fight, checked him over and said, "Nah, man, you can't fight. You've got damaged ribs." So the fight got pulled. I know Shem was a cage side, and he was telling everyone that would listen that the guy had been paid and he was doing a run out. Listen, man, whether the guy was feigning an injury or not, you, you give him a full blow kick to yeah. the ribs at the weigh-in. Mm -hmm. You're the fool. You're the idiot. You're the one that made a mistake, and you've got to live with it. And now they're talking about the the fight being remade in Prague. So now the other kid's going to have home advantage and he'll have all his fans there. But listen, as you like to say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. 
There you go. Good show, though. Really enjoyed it, yeah. Really so enjoyed you recommend it. it. Shout out to Joe from Octagon who sent the tickets over. We appreciate the two passes that we got. I never invited him. I took my nephew instead. Mega. We really enjoyed it. Good night. Good night, have by all. I'm not pissed off because it was my daughter's seventh <laughs> birthday, right? But this is what he's like. Speak to me if you want me to attend your shows. Don't say, oh, there's one there for Adam as well because it will never fucking find its way. I have to go to his house to go and get hoodies and all sorts of stuff, man. He, he sells them to every man we, and his uh, dog. We spend enough time together. Yeah, but you'd recommend that show. So we're not yes. going to do another show for really fans. Good. You'd say, listen, yeah, go on, spend a few quid and go down there and have a bit of a look. 100%. All right. Yeah, so. really good. Sounds good. Um, even though it was my daughter's seventh birthday, um, we went out, had a little bit of something to eat. It was all wonderful. Came back, and by the time I come back, the prelims were just about halfway through. I think I got home in time to watch uh, Modestus uh, Bukowskis uh, against Mr. Pintero, who's yep. fucking gigantic. Mm -hmm. See the size of that bugger? Scary. Scary. Oh, friends of Modestus, though, man. He stood in front of him yeah. and he... And he'd give it a good old go. I always find it more intimidating when you're that big, that scary, and you have the the fang uh, gum Mouth shield. Guard. Yeah. My lad's after one of them. I said, mate, you're fucking 10 years of age, right? You're, <laughs> not, you're not scaring anybody with the fang <laughs> mouth guard. You've got to be as big as that dude. Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. Um, I'll come back to Pintero in a minute because I think he's going to be a force in this division. I just want to mention a couple of things that happened on the Friday. A little bit of a mess. Uh, regarding fighters missing weight, fights falling off. Um, we ended up um, having two fights pulled, I think it was on Friday. We had five, one, two, three. Three one, two, never made three, it. Four. No, four missed weight because mm -hmm. there was that uh, female fight, which was catch weight, which ended up at 119.5. Yeah. Um, and then you had uh, Ismail Bonfim yeah. and Vince Pinchel, who were fighting each other, both missed weight. Yeah. Pinchel then... Went back on the scale. He hit one fifty seven. Went back on the scales and hit one fifty five point five. He was he was done. Sweet, but Ismail Bonfim said mm, three and a half over. I'm not going to bother again. So according to Pinchel, this is not official, but according to reading between the lines and reading his social media, Pinchel's the one that has come round and says, "Fuck him." If he doesn't want to, I've gone and bust my ass. Yeah, 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 I was over, but I've gone and bust my ass. I've got rid of that one one and a half extra pound. I've 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 done what I've said in the contract that I was said, uh, said to do. He's decided not to do it, so I'm not giving him the opportunity to earn any money. Fuck mm. off. Done. Yeah. So it was pinch, uh, according to his, again, this is not official, but reading his Instagram, it kind of insinuates that it was Pinchel that went, nope, see you a bit, fight off. Good. And we should see more of that. And I think it's down to the UFC to encourage that more often. If it's, again, anything over a pound or two, max, Anything more than that. Yeah, it was three and a half. The UFC should be like, right, well, it's not a conversation about him taking 20% or even 30% of your purse now. It's a conversation that says, unless you get closer to within this golden number, we're pulling the fight, he's getting wages and you're getting fuck all. And by the way, next time we put you in a fight, it won't be in this weight division, it'll be the weight division above. The UFC have got to start doing that. There's got to be more ramifications for people who... F who failed to make weight. Mm. He never missed weight. He failed to make weight. There's no way. You don't turn up three and a half pounds overweight and say, oh, you know, I got it wrong. Nah, man, that, that's not fair. Nah, good on Vince Pichel. And he's only done that, I'm, I'm pretty sure, because in his contract it says, if you make weight, you get your pay. Yeah. You get your show money. So he's, okay, he's lost out on a potential win bonus, 
But good for him for going, nah, man, fuck that. Why should I give him the opportunity to earn a penny? Well done, Vince. I'm a big fan of that. UFC should encourage that. Mm. Uh, we also lost the uh, Marcos uh, and Hugo uh, fight. So we lost two fights off the card. One got rearranged into uh, a catchweight. So a little bit of a mess. And then, of course, on the actual night... <clears throat> We missed out on uh, Armin Sarukian yeah. uh, taking on Rodolfo Vieira, a fight that we which highlighted last week, which was set to be a belter. Stylistic matchup. Giza yeah. loves it on the feet. Giza loves it on the mat. How mm-hmm. is it all going to play out? Uh, well, about an hour or two before they were due to have uh, met the ring walks, Sarukian's throwing up in the changing room and he ends up getting pulled out of the fight. Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen anything in the aftermath to explain what that situation was. Mm. Hopefully that wasn't... Uh, weight related hopefully it was just you know the kid helped himself to a bad of bad a, a plate of bad muscles or something food poisoning yeah well. hopefully something daft like that you know which is obviously got no long term ramifications because you know we're big fans of Armin Sarukian on this show I think most MMA fans are big fans of his he's got a lot of potential mm-hmm. and this was a real fight against you know a, a jiu-jitsu demigod that would have answered Brazil, a lot yeah. of questions yeah. and give him a massive boost had he won it. So hopefully it is just a, a case of food poisoning or a bit of a, a bit of a dicky tummy rather than being anything more serious. Yeah. Uh, main event, Jetson Almeida taking on Derek Lewis. Who'd have thought that it had gone five rounds? <laughs> exactly. Who'd have thought it had gone the full distance? Did we, kiss it a de- did we give it a kiss of death if Maybe. we didn't? I'm pretty sure every, every other outlet definitely did. Maybe. No judges required. There's no way this is going five rounds. I'm, in fact, you know what? I'm pretty certain I did say that on Thursday. Kiss of death, it I think I said, I said it's not going five minutes. I think, yeah. <laughs> I, think I said. Listen, I've, I've this got is a- one of them fights. Don't go back and watch it. No, it's, not, it's no. not an easy watch. No, it isn't an easy watch. And I can see the beauty of what Almeida is doing, right? Absolutely, I can. But I think he's dropped the ball. Massively. I think he's dropped the ball here. We, we're obviously in New York this week. Interim title fight. Sergey Pavlovich, Tom Aspinall, going like the world on fire. It's, it's there for you, boys. Go on. One of you, mm-hmm. go and make a name for yourself. Because... If you win that and you have real estate, and there'll be a debate that we'll have later on in the week as to whether it's worthy of an interim title fight. Mm -hmm. But if you have that, you're at the front of the queue for John Jones. Now, people will say, no, you know, because John Jones is going to fight Steve Miocic. Well, hang on a minute. You've got real estate. You've got a genuine argument. I'm not saying you're going to get it, but you've got an argument to say, I'm the interim champion. Mm -hmm. You're the champion. We're the UFC. We don't have fucking belts flying all over the place. You bring those belts together. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. So... From a Jelton Almeida point of view, in particular, not necessarily Derek Lewis, you're at home, you're in Brazil. One, go and entertain your fans, right? First and foremost. Yeah. Second of all, you know full well what's happening this weekend mm-hmm. and you know what full well is happening with the champion. Mm-hmm. You go and make a statement, you go and make some noise, you're getting the winner of this this weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's, what you're, yeah. that's what you're going to go and get. Yeah. So you could then actually kind of steal the show, get the winner of Pavlovich Aspinall. If you beat him, you're now fighting Jones, right? You're in the Correct. super fight. So again, I see the beauty of what this guy does, right? He's a fantastic, fantastic submission grappler, right? But it's MMA, man. It's not yeah. It's not a jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. You've got the dude tied in fucking knots. He can't do anything. Hit him. Exactly. Have you, ne- have you never worked on any ground and pound or anything like that? I, I was watching... That first round is a 10-8 round, right? Just pure dominance... Over the duration, he takes him down, what, we in 20 seconds or whatever mm-hmm. it was? Bosh, on your ass, let's yeah. go. I'm thinking, okay. And then he goes and does the same thing in, in right. round number two. Do something else. Right. Batter him now. Yeah. 
He doesn't know what to do with you. Batter him. Just put put the pressure on him. Put let your hands go. Do something. Give the referee an opportunity to step in and go, this is enough. See you in a bit. He never once did that. Yeah, he's fishing for submissions. Yes, he's fishing for that. I haven't, I haven't paid to watch a jiu-jitsu tournament, pal. No. You're in the UFC. This yeah. is mixed martial arts. Let them hands go, son. Yeah. I, I watched it because I got back from Octagon and caught up with the undercard and then I obviously was able to then basically watch this play out live. And it, it was so repetitive that I mm. didn't even... I didn't even pick my phone up to tweet about it. I was just like, God, let this be over. Um, and you're right. It was a forget, massively forgettable performance. It reminded me a little bit of, in a lot of ways, like when Ankalaya fought Glover and it was like, okay, one of you guys can really push forward here. Jan, you mean? Yeah, Jan, sorry. When he fought Jan mm. last December mm. and it was just a complete, it just turned into a bit of a, a snore. But that, but that came through Ankalaev as listen i was injured neg I negating yeah, yeah yeah and i and i and i couldn't do what i wanted to do and yan negating rounds. stuff and blah 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 it, it, it was a felt, bit of a chess it, match yeah this one felt like jelton have you have you got anything else yeah what else you're have you very on one-dimensional mate we know how good you are as a submission grappler we've seen it plenty of times Derek lewis is a savvy dude mm -hmm. he's fought for the title on two separate occasions yeah. mate right he knows what he's doing and he's not a grappler no at all and you couldn't sub him He's, he's one alarm bell. You're supposed to be the elite submission guy. You couldn't do that because Derek knew how to avoid that situation. Give him another question to answer. Mm -hmm. He never gave him another question to answer at all throughout the whole course of the fight. And I'm thinking, hit him. Yeah. It was something as basic as that. You're on top of him, fat sound. You've got him in full mount. You've got all the. You've got all this damage. Let, cause damage. Mate, a sustained attack. The referee goes. That's enough. Ground and pound, job done. You get off, you get your pop from your crowd and people go, fuck, they just finished Derek Lewis with you in 10 minutes, mate. Yep. It's irrelevant how it was done. You finished it with you in 10 minutes. You never once put yourself in that situation to have that moment. Was it because you didn't know how to? That's mm. the question that I have. Because mm -hmm. it seemed quite obvious. Is he a obvious. lot more limited than we've given yeah, credit, yeah, 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 credit yeah. for previously? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. So yeah. Uh, very one-dimensional from Jaden Almeida. We knew how good he was as a submission grappler before we come into this. I don't think we learned anything new from him coming out of it. Maybe no. at the elite level, people can negate what he can do. I don't know. I think there's a few more questions that I need answering on Almeida as to where he didn't. He looked like at the a, top table yet. He, he looked like a B-level heavyweight. Mm. Uh, one person that didn't look like uh, a B-level star of the show. <laughs> the start of the show. But... Danish Dynamite. Danish Dynamite, yeah. How long has he had that nickname? Danish Dynamite, I don't know. I think it's relatively new, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's relatively new. I didn't even know that was as official. I thought no, that he was keeps referring to himself as the Danish Dynamite. Danish Dynamite. And I've never is. heard him do that before, up no. until this camp. Locomotive used to be his nickname. That's it. So yeah. it may, he's added that one in. I love it. He's evolving. He's changing his well, nickname. Mate, he was Dynamite. It was an incredible performance. Well, listen, it was pure Dolby. We we highlighted this last week, right? Dol Nicholas Dolby um, against Gabriel Bonfim. Bonfim's been this Finnish dude. Mm -hmm. Comes in, rips people's arms off, rips people's necks to pieces, uh, an array of different submissions. Doesn't like to go longer than five minutes. What a great test. For Assassin. Him. You're taking on Nicholas Dolby now. Nicholas Dolby... Never been finished in the UFC. Granted, he's never had a finish in the UFC, but he's a brilliant point striker, veteran of the game, knows how to play. I thought it was brilliant matchmaking. Right, someone's got to give at some, some point here. First round, you're thinking, Bonfim's doing Bonfim stuff here. Correct. Right, Nick, what's the score? 
absolutely, his experience keeps him in that first round. Of course it does. He negates, you know, he, he protects he, himself. He concedes to an extent. He goes, right, okay, this kid's coming. Sound. Mm-hmm. Let's just navigate this. Let's see what he's like in the second 10 minutes because he's going to gas himself out here. Correct. He's fucking young, dumb, and full of, he's full of cum, mate. Crowd's yeah. going fucking wild. Yeah. All right, lad, tee off. Do what you need to go and do. And he's all over the gaff in here, right? Wins it comfortably, sound. Go and sit down. Within a minute of the second round playing out, yeah. you look at him and you think, Bonfim's gone. Yeah. And Dolby's eyes light the fuck Dolby up. Dolby just goes, goes, let's go. Hey, you fucking idiot. Choo-choo. Here, Here comes the go. locomotive. Here comes fucking dynamite. <laughs> Bosh. And away we go. And he just goes through the motions of being that elite karate point style striker that he is. And he didn't rush it. No. Nope. He, he didn't. He didn't overload it. Completely accurate. Those knees were... That was it. it superb. Just beautiful accuracy. Got it right. Mate, and he got it. And uh, do you know something? I'm so delighted for him because that is a fight that you were supposed to lose, Nicholas Dolby. Everybody knows that you were supposed to lose that fight. That's why you were sent out there. The only person, or I'm sure there were people in your team that thought the exact same thing as you, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks in this game. As long as whatever is going on between your ears is absolutely fucking bang on, you can go and deliver big moments. And he's proved that now. One, he deserves a ranking top 10 and he deserves a fight with somebody in that top 10 to coming up to the fives now because that is a top quality performance. Don't underestimate that. Gabriel Bonfim's going to go away, brush himself off, come back and he'll get he'll get back to the top of the tree, no doubt about it. That win is absolutely gigantic to do it against him in Brazil. Massive, mate. As you say, it was the manner of it though as well. It was, it was Nicholas Dolby summed up his entire career just summed up in one way. He took a, That man took a hell of a beating, but he was never out of it. He was never on the verge of being stopped. No. He was never on the verge of like quitting, giving up. But it was like, back to his corner, recentered himself. Right, okay, sound. All right. Have a, a look around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, he's breathing. No, right. He's breathing heavy. Problem. We can go again. And what you said then about Nick, about Dolby having it between the ears. We'd know Nick's journey. You know, Nick has had a hard time outside of the octagon as well. Yeah. He's had a lot of mental health issues and everything else. And MMA has always been his crutch to come to to bounce back and to climb back and to rediscover himself. And for him to deliver in a fight of this magnitude, which ended up being the co-main event in Brazil, in front of Brazilians, you're taking on a hugely talented fighter who's got so much expectations around him. And you turn up, and that and that's the moment you choose to score your first stoppage within the UFC. Come on, man. Danish Dynamite. It's got to be the name of the podcast. Fucking unbelievable. Mm. Mega. Just Couldn't happen to a nicer kid either. Oh, mate, he's a he's a diamond of a fella. Works hard, obviously. He's just the performance. The, the performance warrants something good and big now. Yeah. You don't want it to be or oh, that, and then a little. You want it to be right. Come on, man. The kid's got some momentum. Capitalise on the momentum because he's obviously got something going on. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they match him next. Sorry, I'm yawning past myself here, but it is half past one in the morning. Hello. Nobody gives a fuck. Why, why are you moaning? You're sat in New York. You're about to go I'm and watch some amazing fights. I apologise for anyone who's, who's, who's no. might be watching this on YouTube. Going, Nobody oh, can- I'll be boring you there, Nick. I tell you who didn't bore me last night. Hey, see that segue? Ciao Barallo. I thought Ciao Barallo looked great in a real tough fight as well. Magomedov, again, rather like the... the uh, the, the Bonfim and Dolby fight. These are big fights, big questions asked. 
big ramifications for this middleweight division. Chao Barello is a real guy, man. We've been talking about him for a long time. We've had him on this podcast. We know how much of a star he is, but Magomedov's no fucking joke, man. His record is see he solid. Chao Barello. Yeah. No, I didn't see the post-fight. Drickus. I did see it. I did see it. Yeah, yeah. I seen it. I seen the headline that said Chao Barello, Barello calls out DDP. And I was like, DDP? Isn't that Diamond Dallas Page? <laughs> Former wrestler turned yoga instructor, whatever. That was the first name that comes to me. Did it you read this? Was it in between them fat eight beers that you had? Yeah, on quite the possibly. Yeah, quite possibly. Dickus Duplessis. Mate, I think it's a good shout. It's a good shout for for Chabrallo. Yeah, mate. Yeah, but this <laughs> is the, the guy's number one contender. Well, that's it. Um, I don't think that fight's ever going to ever going to get made. It will eventually maybe yes. get made because I think Chabrallo is going to keep rising up as is Dricus Duplessis. I don't think it's the next fight. As I keep saying, Dricus Duplessis is the number one contender and he should be fighting for the world title. But no doubt about that. But what I do like is Chabrallo's bollocks to go. I'm in Brazil. I've just done the Abus uh, Magomedov that everybody's been raving about. Uh -huh. Sweet as a nut. Let's go as high as I possibly can. You might not get the number one. Of course. But you might get a two or a three. You might get yeah, a Janet Cannoneer or something like that. You know what I mean? You might get one of them. On but just I, I just think it was a it was a calculated shout, though, as well, because it's like, well, Dana's basically said, Hamza Chamayev's going to fight Strickland next. Yeah, fair enough. Kamara Usman has done himself absolutely no, you know, he, he hasn't hit, damaged his credentials <laughs> as a middleweight contender either. You've got Izzy potentially being back in three months' time or according to Izzy coming back in 2027 or whatever he said the other day. He's having four years out or whatever nonsense. I don't believe that for a second. But if you're Chao Borello going into that fight, who'd you call out then? If Hamza is going to leapfrog over Drikas and get the shot, well, Drikas can't just sit on the bench. He's already paid the price for sitting on the bench and missing out on Izzy and Sydney. Mm. So Drikas can't just sit there and go, well, after Hamza, it's next. Because one, the fight might be super close. Two, Hamza might batter him and then Kamara Usman goes, we'll tell you what, rematch me then for the title. Five, and suddenly yeah. Drickus is not in the frame at all. So Drickus has got to stay busy. So I think it makes sense. Really, I thought it was a really intelligent call out from Chao Barallo to go, he needs an opponent. I can fucking leapfrog everyone if I beat him. Hmm. Makes sense. If you're Chao Barallo, makes sense. Makes an awful lot of sense. And... It'd be interesting to see how that fight plays out, you know, because Chao Barello's got a very similar striking style to Robert Whittaker. Mm -hmm. And we've seen Drickus Duplessis and what he's done to that style previously. Exactly. He's, exactly. Big, he's a big boy, though, his Barello, isn't he? Uh -huh. He's a big old unit. And his confidence. He's yeah, flying at yeah, the moment. Yeah, yeah. Mate, I like it. I like the fight. Um, obviously, there were a few fights that fell off here. I'm just going to name a couple of these um, unbelievable knockouts. So I mentioned Pintaro. Uh, earlier on against uh, uh, Bukowskis. Mm -hmm. Again, it was, a, it was a fight that was shaping up relatively nice, but then just one moment of absolute genius. He was waiting for it. You could see that he was waiting for it. He tried it a couple of times, just this overhand left hook, just over the top of anything that was lazy from uh, Bukowskis. Bukowskis was starting to feel himself a touch. He landed, landed a few kicks, starting to land a few shots. Okay, Left it out there just a tiny, tiny little bit too long. Wallet right over the top. And the timing and accuracy of the shot yeah. was frightening, mate. Great stoppage, by the way. Even yeah. though I think Bukowskis was on his way to getting back up, mate, his legs were cooked. There was only damage coming his way off the back of that. He's a big boy. For light heavyweight, that Petrino is a fucking Who? tank of a man. Petrino? Vito Petrino? That's his name, isn't it? Petrino? 
Petrino. Is it not Pintero? No, it's Petrino. Pintero? <laughs> I didn't say Pintero, I said Petrino. Thank God, then Petrino. Carry fucking Petrino, that's his name. Um, he's a monster. And, and listen, I thought I thought Bukowskis approached the fight the right way. Modesta started nice and patiently. He was trying to get his leg kicks going. He knew he didn't want to get engaged with him. He was strong up in the, up in the clinch. But the size difference was just massive. And, and Bukowskis is a big dude, you know what yeah, I mean? He's he a big he light is. heavyweight. But he looked tiny alongside him. And then, listen, you, you get to a certain point in a fight where you think, okay, he's in it now. He's negated the first round. The power threat's over. Can he warm into the fight? And then suddenly you switch off for a second and the power threat isn't over. The power threat is right there in your face, smashing you right in the grid. And now you're licking the canvas. It was a heavy knockdown, man. And I, I, listen, I think the referee did exactly the right thing. Bukowskis was in a bad way. And uh, yeah, that's... Listen, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. And and Bukowskis' entire career summed that up perfectly. Yeah. <coughs> the um, the uh, Elvis Brenner. Oh, my God. Now that was a face plant. <sighs> Against Kenan Kruszewski. Kruszewski? Kruszewski. 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 Yeah. Again, he just got giddy. Yeah. He, he, he ran at him, square on, ch- trying to chase him across the octagon, and he just stepped back, bang. There you go, see you in a bit, mate. And he literally did, boom, face plant. Yeah. Wow. That was a serious, serious face plant. Definitely go back. There's a couple of knockouts on this entire card worth going back for. I don't know whether you caught Mark Jacasey as well. He was in the curtain jerk, and I actually mm-hmm. watched that fight mm-hmm. just before I got in the car to go to watch Octagon. Or maybe I was in the car. I wasn't driving, but I was watching that fight. Uh, and Just to clarify. Buzzing for Mark. It was a close fight. I thought Mark, you know, probably wanted two rounds to one. It was a close fight. Buzzing for him, but he's he's become that fighter now that the sex appeal has gone. The sexiness that made Mark Jacasey a must-watch has gone now. Mm. And he's in this position now where it's like, Win first, yeah, and then I'll entertain later. And we're consistently he's starting to win, maybe a little bit more. Con- well, he's winning and losing still, but mm. I don't know. That sex appeal has just gone from Marchikaze. He's just lost that but, flavor but of but what he made the Marchikaze. I can understand this one a little bit because he <clears> won a bad streak. One what yeah, it? was is it three? I think so. Yeah, he's, he lost he's a few lost, on the spin. Didn't he's he? lost a few on the spin. He's taken the uh, path of least resistance with his wrestling. He's gone back to that. I get it. I get it. Stay, you know, win, and yeah, exactly. Look where he was. He was opening a card in Brazil. Yeah, against a Brazilian. Yeah, of course. Win. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I get it. Good point. But I, I also understand your point of listen, man. This is the entertainment business, in it. You know Bingo. What I mean? Where's the Where's the spinning Mark Jacuzzi gone? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hopefully, he can come back because that guy was fucking super, super, super entertaining. Um, Fuck Radinov, yeah? He's a fucking head case, mate. Told Abs- absolute I head case. Was and as well as this, for people, I went on, I was going to post it before the result came out, but I bottled it, I'm going to be honest. And then I went on social media afterwards and I saw the rage of people going, how oh, the fuck is that a draw? It's quite obviously a draw in my opinion. Uh, Fuck Radinov comes out, Drops in with him 15 to 20 seconds, then absolutely kicks shit out of him for a long period of time. But Dos Santos is a tough bastard, keeps getting up, keeps coming back, keeps throwing. So therefore, I don't think round one 
is enough for Afekra Dinov to take a 10-8. So I gave him a 10-9 in that first round. Second round, a lot closer. Dos Santos is coming back into it. Afekra Dinov takes that 10-9. So now he's two up going into the last round. Then he fucks up, doesn't he? He, mm -hmm. gets, he gets clipped and he nearly gets stopped to the point where Dos Santos is literally seconds away from winning this fight. Uh, and for me, quite blatantly, takes a 10-8 in the, in the third round. Hence it being a draw. I have no problem whatsoever with the scoring whatsoever. In fact, Radinov could have made it an awful lot easier for himself. Yeah. But he was playing to the crowd. Fair play, man. I kind of like the entertainment factor of it. But <laughs> we've just been having this argument, haven't you? What's more important? Is it winning first and entertaining second? I think even though he comes away with a, a draw and it extends his undefeated streets or something like 21. Something mental like that, yeah. It's ridiculous the amount of fights that he's been in that he hasn't suffered defeat for Kudinov. But he's got some, you can tell he's got something about him. He's a fucking head case. I was going to say, he's a, lose, he's a and, lunatic. Isn't and he? the fans were gravitating towards him. He's waving the crowd on. Yeah. But the crowd were obviously there for De Santos because he's the Brazilian. Yeah. They were waving him on as well. It was a fantastic watch. Um, I don't think he was picked up a bonus. No, I think... I think uh, no, Dolby, <laughs> Dolby, Dolby The Dolby fight got the uh, bonus and then the two knockouts that we've just been speaking about got Brandon the knockout Pacino, of the night. Yeah. But that fight was a, a cracking, cracking fight and I would thoroughly recommend anybody to go back and watch it because the Santos doesn't give up on himself. He's getting his ass kicked early and he absolutely pours it on in the last three to four minutes to take, in my opinion, a 10-8 and earn himself a draw. Which is why on Thursday I said that was the fight to watch. Hey. A mm. um, couple of other little bits and bats that I just want to highlight before uh, we get stuck into the remainder of the week. Uh, the rumour that lasted for about an hour in Makachev, Oliveira, Toronto, UFC 297. Breaking news. Bullshit. Yeah, I don't... Then this Twitter spat goes back and forth. Uh, between management and journalists and all this type of stuff. Listen, it's the fight that I want to see. I want to see Islam Makachev against Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira obviously was in attendance at the weekend. He was asked about it. He said, listen, man, I'm not bothered where it is. I just want to do the belt. Um, it is the fight to make. Can I see Islam Makachev uh, taking a fight in Toronto in January? Listen, he's a champion, isn't he? I think if he were offered it... and yeah, he, he, was, and, he fought and, in Perth last January. Yeah, if he were offered it and the fucking doors on the table, then absolutely, I think he'd turn up and he'd go anywhere to uh, to have a scrap. But that's the fight to make for me at 155, Makachev versus Oliveira. Yeah, but listen, I, w I wouldn't be against Makachev versus Justin Gaethje either, if I'm totally honest with you. But uh, but yeah, I feel, I feel like Charles missed his opportunity because of the eye injury, so he should get his opportunity next. But yeah, I can't, I can't see it being that. Toronto card unfortunately I kind of feel for the Canadian fans because they do get the short straw sometimes with these UFC cards so for their hope I hope they do get it um, well they're getting the uh, the vacant bantamweight title fight aren't they exactly I apologise between Raquel Pennington and uh, Myra Bueno Silva yeah. uh, again I apologise to the Canadian fans who do get the short straw with these UFC people it's not the cards. end of the card it's not the end of the card, all right? I'm sure there will be more fights coming your way to kick off uh, the brand spanking new year. The UFC will want to, obviously, head towards UFC 300, singing and dancing, my friend. And who knows? They might put some money on the table for Makachev Oliveira. If they do get it, I mean, what a fucking fight to kick off oh, the year, new year. Sensational. That's what this game's all about. I wouldn't put it past them. But we'll not, see. But you don't think so? I don't think it will be, no. You don't think it will be? I don't think it will be. All right. Okay, there you go. I just wanted to highlight those uh, couple of things because what do, before we go, before we go, what do you think about this Ian Gary Leon Edwards spat, which seems to be rolling on now? Ian's doing 
he's letting things like you've obviously seen him at the weekend when he met up with uh, with with Gilbert Burns and they had a big hug and someone just happened to be filming it and he called Leon a bitch I think is what he actually said Leon labeled Leon listen, Edwards a bitch listen. they know what they're doing they're trying right. to pick a fight there you go so bear in mind it was only two years ago in this very city when he made his debut that's how quickly the rise of Ian Gary has been. So for those that don't know the story, there is the, the story is that Ian Gary has been asked to leave uh, the gym, Renegade, where, listen, Ian Gary's a nomad. He goes everywhere, doesn't he? He trains in all these different places. He was good in Nelson in Iceland at one point. Yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. wasn't he? He's been all over the He's place. in Brazil now. He's been, he's been in Renegade previously. Um, and the story goes... From Ian Gary team, this is, isn't it? From, well, I don't know where it's come from. I just got told that the story that he was asked to leave the gym and the story from that side is that Leon Edwards is a frail mind. He doesn't want to be uh, sparring the likes of me. He sees me as competition and all this type of stuff. Right. We know both of these gentlemen. Um, I will tackle Leon Edwards first and foremost, if I may. Frail mind he is not. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Absolutely no way, shape or form that he is a frail man. We've been in that gym. We've watched him work with various people. Leon Edwards, when you think of sparring partners and how much they cost to fly in from all over the world in order to get yourself ready for elite fights, for someone to rock up into your gym who's in the top 10, I think, of your division and is going to be there and you don't have to pay them and you can spar them and you can work with them, Leon Edwards is going to do that. He's mm. going to do that. Don't get me wrong, a camp for Colby Covington is a little bit different than a camp for uh, using someone like an Ian Gary because yeah. Ian Gary is stri more, more striking, uh, striking proficient. Yeah. You're probably wanting to get more wrestlers in there. Completely understand that. But there's absolutely no way, in my belief, and I'm not there, so I can't speak absolute, but this is just from knowing the gentleman involved, there is no way that Leon Edwards has kicked somebody out of a gym because he is frail of mind. No, that did not. Okay. There might be something else behind I'm, I'm the scenes. I'm just going to say, there that, might be that's, this. that's not to say some of the gym went, you know what, probably best you not be in, in this gym because the champ's training for a world all title this, fight and blah, blah, blah. All and a potential challenge in the future. Maybe. And why do you need to be around him? I, I kind of get that. I get, I get why the gym have gone, you know what, Ian? Not, not now. Not now, yeah. Come back in the new year. Bingo. Right? But there's no way on the planet that I believe that the reason why Ian Gary was asked to leave is because Leon Edwards is a frail mind. That is not the case at all. Now, from Ian Gary's point of view, you little fucking genius. <laughs> I see what you're doing, mate. I see what you're doing. Absolutely. Closed mouths do not get fed in this game. Exactly. We say this all the time, don't exactly. we? Now, Ian Gary is on the rise. He has got a wonderful fight coming up with Vincente Luque, mm -hmm. which... Coincidentally, he's actually on UFC 296 on the card that Leon Edwards Bingo. is fighting Colby Covington. You're all going to be in Las Vegas at the same time on the same top table, are you? Yeah. All right. So now you're starting to stir the pot, what, six weeks out? So stir it now. Let's poke the bear. Let's, let's get into the ribs of the champion because maybe you're backing the champion to come through his fight with Colby Covington. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people might actually think that that is a, a, a good possibility. It's a tough fight, don't get me wrong, but it's a possibility. Now, if you come through your fight with Vincente Luque, it's a high possibility that you're going to be ranked, what, six, seven in the division? When you look at the flux of the division, 
And you've got the possibility of UFC London, mm-hmm. UFC Dublin, yep. UFC 300, yep. all these wonderful cards that are going to need big fights. The UFC survives on narratives. There's some beef in the division, is there? Is there? All oh, right. Yeah, but Shavkat's ahead of you. He ain't got beef with a champ. <laughs> yeah, but what about such and such a buddy? He ain't got beef with a champ. Exactly. I've got beef with a champ and I'm six, I'm ranked six and seven or maybe even higher. Who knows? It depends on the performance that you put in against Vincente Luque. He's an absolute beast of a man. I see what you're doing, Ian. It's intelligence. And do you know something? I kind of fucking like it. Yeah, me too. I kind of like it. <clears throat> When you're when you're a bit of a nomad like Ian Gary, because he does he, he does travel a world and he does train all these gyms and why not? He's you know he's, he's he, he gets the game like modern fighters need to get the game. We talk about this a lot, especially in in the boxing world, because you know the social media is still a, a, a foreign a foreign land to a lot of professional fighters. Ian is one of those guys that's em- employed someone to be with him full time, running his socials for him, everything else. Very intelligent. That that that's the world we live in. That's the world you've got to manipulate and use. He was at the KSI fight and he's attending these things. He gets it, Ian, and his wife gets it. The team they get it. They understand how this game works a lot better than a lot of other fighters. And if that means you've got to piss people off and piss Call off sparring shit. partners and piss off people that you may have said that are maybe not friends but certainly acquaintances, at the end of the day, who gives a flying fuck? Because that person doesn't pay your mortgage, doesn't put bread on the table, doesn't put your kids through school, doesn't pay for your flights around the world, your hotels, your Airbnbs, the lifestyle that you leave. Sam, man, you've had a couple of weeks training with the guy. That guy owes you fuck all. This life is about taking what's yours and getting the opportunities when you can. And if that means ruffling feathers, that means upsetting people, that means, you know, doing your own thing and being a lone wolf. Ian Gary's been a lone wolf his entire career. He proved that when he can went into come out of cage warriors without a team and everything else and still won the title and still got into the UFC that's just the guy who the guy is so this doesn't surprise me at all I know a lot of fighters over the years who have gone mate call him out you'll get a bit oh yeah I don't want to do that it's not my Ian's like fuck that mate I'll call anyone out and to call out Leon the champion of the division that's the way to do it as you say Shavkat's in front of me step aside please Shavkat I've got beef with him why not? Can't wait for UFC That's 296. The Can you imagine? Look, the presser alone is going to be there, mental. This is going to be silly, man. That top table presser has to have the entire main card on. Leon, Colby, now Ian Gary's joined in. Paddy, Paddy Tony Ferguson. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's going to be mental. Bring security, kids. Yeah, Bring it's going to be mental. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves because it's UFC 295 this week in uh, in New York. Tom Aspinall, Sergey Pavlovich, Yuri Perachka, and Alex Pereira. Dead excited about seeing... Um, those two fights in particular, as well as a, a quality card. Matt Frivola against Benoit oh, Saint-Denis, man. It's going to mega. be unbelievable. Mega. Uh, anyway, we'll get a preview of that coming up this week. We've got loads of little diary entries as well coming up on our YouTube channel. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're going to get you close as we can to the action uh, this week. Going to be across all the events, close to all the fighters in New York City. If it's happening, we're going to be there and we're going to get you as close as we possibly can too. All right, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. Loads of exclusive content going there. If you just want to listen to us, no problem. Uh, You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Loads of different audio feeds to go and get stuck into. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.